0: I hope that what God has laid in my heart to talk about today um, speaks uh, speaks to you. Um, but uh, but at the same time, um, I pray that what God speaks through through me is nothing but truth, um, nothing but honesty, um, and nothing uh, nothing uh, short of life changing. So let's pray again, dear God, Lord, as we come to you uh, this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to serve. Uh, some people may say, "Well, I just showed up to church. How am I serving god we 're serving you by by being obedient to to your calling to our life uh, life by being obedient to uh, fellowshipping by by worshiping you by giving you our needs God, I pray that through today 's service uh, you, will, uh, you will do great and mighty things uh, God right now we lift up um, pastor, uh, pastor's wife, and a, and their two boys, God, as, as they're just uh, continuing to fight the battle, God, we, we thank we're giving Aaron a spirit of fight, um, uh, uh, you know, and pastor, um, and the boys, all of them, uh, a spirit of patience, God, uh, so many times it's easy for, for us to um, want answers and demand things, God, but sometimes you just have to sit back and allow you, God, to do your handiwork. We love you. Speak through this message, Jesus' name. Amen. It was kind of cool listening to uh, Pastor Oswaldo in the first service because um, our messages are kind of going to go together. They're going to mirror, not necessarily mirror each other, but they're going to go kind of hand in hand, and I I think it's so cool uh, that he spoke perfectly to what you do when hard times come, that there's hard times in our lives, there's difficult times in our lives, uh, but what is so incredible about those simple times is we have a Jesus or, or a God or a creator to rely on. And to me, that's so important because we have a decision to make, right? Uh, I, I think when we make that decision, we have the decision to seek God or seek our own, our, our own answers. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So, when, when I go, and, and I'm not perfect, I, I do my, uh, today's message uh, is going to be uh, um, directed at me as well. It's, it, it's saying that through, through life struggles, are we willing to put our, uh, ourselves aside? Um, uh, Tony, uh, Tony Rank once said this, idolatry is self-glory. We'd rather have a God we can readily understand, easily appease, and instantly command. Idolatry is simply a rejection of God's glory. And I think that's so powerful to me. That's so, that, that's so incredibly powerful because I think when we go into situations, when we go into hard times, when we go into things that we can't necessarily understand, we start to try and understand it our way. Well, we read in the Bible time and time again, and, and, and we, we mention it over the last couple of weeks, his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. So we know right off the rip, if you study your Bible at all, if you go, um, I, I made a post last night that if you go a little bit deeper than, than liking a prayer request or liking somebody's uh, you know, prayer request on Facebook or Jesus' post on Facebook, if you go a little bit deeper than that and open, open God's Word and study, you realize that there is the precedent set that God's ways are better than our ways, that obedience to God leads an eternal, flourishing life. I've simply titled this message, I'll Still Believe, because I believe that through hard times, we have to make that decision, right? Um, I'll say this, and I'm going to pick on our pastor for a second. Um, I've grown up, we loved movies growing up. We always we uh, I, I can remember some of our funnest hangout times was me and my dad walking down to the movie store, getting some food, and going home and watching you know watching a movie. Um, through this difficult time our pastor and his family is going through, my dad decided to uh, my dad and our pastor decided to watch the movie. I still believe. Well, if you know the story of Jeremy Camp, you know that given the present situation, it's not really the best best decision to, to win. And I asked him, I said, how far did you make it into it before, you know, the, the tears started flowing, he's like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, but but it's a powerful movie, and, and it's a powerful story. Uh, I, I believe he can remember me coming home one day from the library uh, saying, man, I read this new artist's story and testimony, Jeremy Camp, and how powerful it is. Jeremy Camp is, is a real-life Christian artist depicted in this movie, uh, and he had met his, met his girlfriend, and I shared this a little bit last week. He had met his first wife, and, and through... Throughout their relationship, I uh, got to a point to where she uh, she had felt God leading her somewhere else, so she broke up with him and and While he was touring, he was actually over in England while he was touring over there, he got a phone call saying she was in a hospital and she was sick when, when he when he walked into the hospital, he said um, they, they had talked about it, and she had tumors all over her uh her ovaries she had a tumor on her kidney um all this different crazy stuff um but uh but what uh, he had talked to her he had left and he sat there and he prayed uh to god and he said um looked at he said god one of the craziest things he said if i go into that hospital and see her tomorrow and the first thing out of her mouth is i love you i'm gonna propose to her Now, I've been through the proposal process, and I can tell you this, that is a bold, bold claim to propose to somebody that you're not even dating, you know? (laughs) I don't know. You know, that's not just scary for the guy, that's a pretty scary thing for the girl, too. Um, No joke, he walked in the next day, and the first thing out of her mouth is, I need to talk to you. And they sat there and she said, I love you. And he turned around and proposed. And I was like, cool. Through the whole process as they were planning uh, their wedding and going through the process, God had uh, come up to a point to where, um, or she had come up to a point to where she had to have surgery, and she was going to have to have a hysterectomy at the age of 28. Um, It was a hard thing for them to swallow because that meant they were never going to be able to have kids. Um, They went in for surgery, the doctors cut her open, and immediately sewed her back up, brought her out, told Jeremy, Jeremy, she's healed. We cut, in, we cut in, we went in to look, all the tumors are gone. I mean, how incredible is that? They went about three months later, and um, they, um, they got married, and, um, or six months later, I'm sorry, they got married, and when they went on their honeymoon, she started feeling sick, and she said something's not right. And they flew back that night, um, and the tumors had come back aggressively. And they basically said Nothing, nothing's going to help. Through that, about six months later, she passed away. And, and, and when I had read that story 18 years ago, and then to see it in, in film, man, it was that much more powerful because you saw what I had read and you've seen a story where, man, he, uh, afterwards he sat down and he had smashed his guitar because he was angry at God and he had allowed his emotions to take over, um, like I think any, any human would do. And he threw his, uh, his songwriting uh, binder. And when he threw it, a letter fell out. And, and when that letter fell out, it, it had started, uh, it, it had finished for him a song that he had already started writing on their honeymoon. And the song is called, it's very popular uh, over the past 18 years, it's called I Still Believe. It says, I still believe in your faithfulness, I still believe in your truth. Even when I can't see, I'll still believe. And, and, and I struggled, I struggled through this message because there are times where I look at my life and I say, have I chosen to still believe? Or have I chosen to walk away, get angry, get upset, get frustrated, and leave that part alone and go on and say, I still believe in God. Well, your lack of faith in this area is going to shine through in, a bi- in the bigger areas. If you don't think your lack of belief in a small area is going to shine through, the, the, the other parts of your life, you're sorely mistaken. I don't know about you, but I'm somebody that when something's wrong, or if I'm happy, sad, angry, upset, confused, most of the time confused, uh, um, it's all over my face. You can 100% tell. When you suppress that, you mirror that as well. That mirrors to what God is trying to do through you. The light he's trying to shine through you is that much more hidden. We must make a choice to still believe, to see the precise outcome that God wants, and that's the difference. If you don't think we serve a God that is precise, if you don't think we serve a God that knows every little intimate detail, I mean, for crying out loud, he knows every hair on your head, how many there are. It'd be cool if he had a name for him, but, you know, <laughs> David, you're out. <laughs> for me, it's a lot of Davids. But, um, but he's a very precise God. That's why I believe there's a fulfillment of prophecy in the Bible. He wanted specific things at specific times to be said, so then at a specific moment, he would fulfill those. And what we're going to look at today is not... Will you, you know, I'll still believe if. It's I'll still believe when I. I'll still believe when I make poor decisions. When, when I may do this, when I do that, when I do this, when I do that. Uh, the list goes on, right, Vicki? <laughs> I'll still believe when I. Sometimes it's just easier to say when I, you know. You sit there and you're just like, Yep, that's me again, <laughs> nobody else to blame, nobody else to, um, nobody else to push that off to. I'll still believe when I. So we're gonna dig in, all right? No, leave no doubt before this. Going into this situation, going into this message, you need to have the confidence to know that Jesus and his Father has already proven himself faithful. And I think that's something that we, that we confuse and we constantly, and we'll touch on this a little bit later, we constantly need to go back and, and, and get affirmation on over and over again. God, I need you to show yourself faithful. I need you to show yourself. Well, what about the million times in your life before that he's shown himself faithful? When is that going to be enough for us to have the confidence to go in to a situation knowing he's already faithful. Not that he's going to be faithful, but that he's already faithful. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see that precise, small distinction that changes everything? Uh, I shared with you guys last week, I've been working out and and doing some different stuff, and and, uh, we introduced, uh, well, I didn't introduce, because I wouldn't have introduced it had I known what the exercise was. Uh, We introduced these things called mountain climbers, and and it's a different type of exercise than we've done through this, that I've done through this whole process. And in the middle of the workout, I can confidently say I fell flat on my face, drenched in sweat, hurting all over, and I said, it's interesting how one small change changes everything. Amen? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's interesting how we'll say, I'll still believe, and then we'll throw in the butt. And it goes back to the quote I said, we'd rather a God that we can command, that we can, that we can completely understand, that we can completely get, rather than a God that challenges us. So let's dig in. The first one is, I'll still believe even when I intervene. Even when I intervene. Uh, we 're going to take lessons we can learn from Peter today, okay so our th- our, our three points today are going to be lined with lessons we can learn from peter and i 'm super excited about it because I believe peter is is uh, Peter would translate well to the modern day Christian a lot you know half of what he did was was either. Ter, you know fell apart terribly because he acted without a thinking or by blind luck it was a success <laughs> sometimes because you know uh, because Jesus had a bigger plan but when we look at Luke chapter 22 uh, we're going to focus on uh, a few uh, a few verses here um, verse 50 to 53 but I kind of want to set uh, set the precedent here so I'm going to fly through starting in verse 47 it says while he was still speaking suddenly a mob came and one of the twelve named Judas was leading them he came near to kiss him but Jesus said to him, Judas, you are betraying the son of man with a kiss. Uh, When those around him saw what was going on, they asked, Lord, should we strike him with a sword? Boom. In any of your Bibles, there's a question mark and a quotation marks, correct? If you look at that, maybe you're, hopefully you're reading at home as well. That's the end of a statement right there. I'm going to ask you to answer something out loud. When you ask a question, what do you expect in response? Okay. What did Peter not do here? He asked a question, and the very next thing says, then one of them struck the high priest's servant and cut his right ear off. What happens when God has a plan? Jesus had told them. I mean, he had just gone through the Last Supper and told them all what was gonna happen. One of you is gonna deny me. One of you is going to, uh, is going to betray me. One of you or uh, you know, I'm gonna be captured. I'm gonna be beaten. I'm gonna be hung on a cross to die. I'm gonna be in prison. We, crying out loud, three verses earlier, we we see, or four, four or five, I'm sorry, we read that Peter had said, I'm ready to go to jail. I'm ready to die with you. We may say that, God, in my heart, in my heart, I'm ready to go to battle for you. But I'm not willing to wait for you to show me how to go to battle. I'm going to go to battle the way I believe I'm prepared, the way I believe I've read, the way I believe I've studied. Jesus simply responded by this, no more of this. This is not what I had planned. Stop what you're doing. I believe that statement is so vague because eternally he wanted that statement to be able to apply to all of us in our faith. Christian, no more of this. No more of this lack of faith. We wear a T-shirt, the popular thing right now is is faith over fear. Is that true in your life? Now, uh, whether you're watching at home, whether you're here, I'm not saying throw your face mask up. Uh, Vicky's right in front of us today, so I'm gonna continue to use her. Well, she's right in front of me. It's the voices in my head that I say us, you know. Um, But Vicky's right in front of me. What I'm saying, Vicky, is faith over fear doesn't mean you rip your mask off and take your oxygen tank off and just Hey, faith over fear, baby, all day, every day. God's going to give me the... No, God has given us things to protect ourselves. When we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against uh, spirits and principalities of darkness, we also have the biblical definition of the spiritual armor of God. So he's given us the weapons to defeat, physically in this world, and then spiritually in this world. Jesus is crying out, saying... No more of this. Stop what you're doing. Stop this foolishness. I told you no more than six to eight hours ago that this was my plan. Why are you trying to intervene? Why are you trying to stop it? Why are you trying to jump in in the middle of it and change what I have? Don't you realize that the plans I have for eternity far surpass your momentary insecurity in Jesus Christ? (laughs) To me, that's pretty crazy. What would have happened had Peter cut his ear off and Jesus not said that? And Peter charged after him and took Jesus and hit him and wouldn't, didn't let him get uh, put in prison and testified. I'm sorry, can we, choose, can we pick or choose something because it's distracting me and it's throwing my ADD off. I'm sorry. Um, uh, what we need to understand as believers is that in that moment, had Peter's will won, the sacrifice on a cross probably never would have happened. The thief on the cross never would have looked at Jesus and been able to say, I'm sorry for what I've done. Accept me into your kingdom. See how when we intervene, we end up changing eternity. God can't do what he wants to do. When I... Re- uh, da, da, da. I jumped way ahead in my... outline. The one thing I love about our pastor is that he seeks God first. If you ever, if, if you learn nothing else, learn this. Go and ask him a question. Hey pastor, can we do this, can we do that, can we do this, can we do that? I'll pray about it. 90% of the time that's his answer. 10% is probably no. I'm just, <laughs> you're gonna have to say that again. I didn't hear you. Um, but he, he's, a, he's a man of prayer. He believes with his whole heart. That before you make a decision, you need to make sure that it's in line with what God wants. <laughs> when you get, think about that next time you get frustrated when you don't get an answer right away. Well, I've prayed about it. Okay. But you're, you're, not, you're not the one in charge of leading the church. God hasn't ordained you to make that decision for the church. I think important to understand that when it comes to prayer, man, any time our pastor takes, a, takes a, a step back, time off, whatever, thankfully he texted me and said Tuesday, Tuesday he is going to take, rain. it's stressful for me. Like I, I start to sweat, like my, I, I go through shirts, I, I have to go through like six sticks of deodorant. It's a stressful thing to then understand that in that time, the responsibility falls to me. And I have to answer for the the decisions I make, which is why every decision I make is, hey, I know you're off, but I got to ask you a question. (laughs) When we simply give it to God and stop trying to intervene and stop trying to say, oh, this sounds good. Could you imagine a church being run by the pastor just allowing everybody to do whatever they felt was best for the kingdom of God and not using discernment? When you shake shake your head in chaos over that, remember that the next time you get frustrated when you don't get an answer right away. Because I've been there. Dad, I really want to do this, or Pastor, I really want to do this, or uh, I I think this idea is great. I think some of the times, anytime he's just said yes to something, it's a stupid game, I want to play with the teenagers. And he's like, yeah, go ahead and see how that works out for you. What I simply also learn is this, when we intervene through this, Jesus is also there to intervene back. How do I know? Look at the story of David, man. What's the number one story of David that's spread out amongst, uh, amongst anybody? David and Bathsheba. I heard a sermon a couple weeks ago that said, uh, David, it, it may have not even been an accident that David saw Bathsheba. You know why? Because the king's castle or the king's mansion was set high above everybody else's, where he could see everything out, everything throughout his kingdom, or as far as the eye could see. And the most commonly used place to bathe for privacy in houses back then was on rooftops. So he said, as I, the pastor that spoke to this said, so was it an innocent stroll? Did David go into it looking at an innocent? Regardless of how we choose to look at it, David saw something. And instead of allowing God to intervene in that moment and saying, my flesh is weak, even though the spirit may be willing, it began a a tumultuous uh, effect, a a snowball, a bad snowball. It's a lot, (laughs) a really bad snowball. Until a prophet had to come to him and say, you've gotta repent. I think Nathan, right? Yeah, Nathan, (laughs) it slipped out of my mind there for a second. Nathan came to him and said, You have to repent. And even in that moment, what we realize, David, a man after God's own heart, still said, I'll still believe. Create in me a clean heart, O God, restore a right spirit within me. Return to me the joy of my salvation. You know what that tells me? When we make our own decision, it takes the joy of our salvation away from us. But God is there to refill us, to rejuvenate us. The question is, how many times are you going to have to continue to go back to the well? How many times are you gonna to have to go back? When are you gonna make it a conscious effort, Christian, to say, I'm going to stop intervening in God's plan? God, start building within me the ability to discern the hard times and the easy times and the happy times and the sad times so I know how to properly act. Maybe, maybe during a difficult time, you're somebody that represses and you just put on a brave face Maybe God's telling you, it's okay to break down in front of people. people. People will see the human side of you. And when they see that as maybe a weakness, you get to say, no, I, my flesh may be weak, but my, the Spirit of God that lives in me is so strong that even though I'm crying, I know I have comfort. Secondly, I'll still believe even when I don't see. And I took that line right out of the song. When we look at Luke chapter 22 again, we're going to jump back up to verse 31. Now, I'm not going to lie. Growing up, when I, heard, when I hear this part of the story, it's, it's, very, it's very kind of, as a movie watcher, it's very kind of weird to me because there's parts of a movie, uh, when, when you watch movies, that you're just like, did that really need to be in there? And then you just kind of glance over it. And you pass through what i see here make sure i have the right ones, 31 through 34 um is uh um jesus sitting around the table with uh with the disciples verse 31 speaking from jesus it says simon simon look out satan has asked uh, to sift you like wheat but i prayed for you uh, that your faith may not fail and you when you have turned your back strengthen your brothers Lord, he told him, I'm ready to go with you both, in, both to prison and to death. I'll tell you, Peter, he said, the rooster will not crow until you deny me three times. <laughs> you know what the confusing part to me on that is? He doesn't talk about it anymore until the action actually happens. You don't see the purpose. You, uh, to be quite honest, there's nowhere else in the Bible that tries to explain why that had to happen. Was, did he do that so he would get angry and cut off the, the, the high priest's ear? Did he do it so that he, it, it would be a groan? We don't know. So if something that long ago lasts this long, is it safe to assume that there are times where we just simply can't explain things? why they happen. Why is our pastor's wife sick? I don't know, we can, be, we can come up with the fancy answers and say, well, maybe, maybe it was because somebody in that hospital needed Jesus to share faith. Okay, well, God, couldn't you have just, <laughs> just directed her healthily up to, the, up to that wing and say, God, I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm just going to do this until I find a person that you want me to witness to? Sometimes we just don't stinkin' know. And we have, this is the imp- important part, we have to be okay with it. <laughs> I hate wearing these masks. I just gotta be straight with you. God bless all the nurses, and the. St- I- I've got a buddy, Thuy Win, that I played soccer with in high school, that's a-, a neuro and spine surgeon, the guy used to, I say help me with math, but he used to give me the answers. Um, and I used to help him with soccer. But the dude literally, when, when he posts pictures of his gross surgeries and live streams them and stuff, it's really, I'm not a fan of it. He's wearing these masks and stuff, and he's all this stuff. And I'm like, that, that just couldn't be. <laughs> After about 10 minutes of wearing a mask, I'm like, I could never do that. I simply don't know what the big idea of, of God's plan is. Is it to rejuvenate the church and to show his faith? Is it to push forward towards the end times? Is it to teach us to take better care of his creation? Is this, I simply don't know. I don't have the answers. I have to be okay with that. I have to be okay with the physical being unknown, but also the spiritual. What I've taken is, is, is even in our times of outright sin, even when we go into a situation that we know is wrong and we choose sin, we can still end up choosing to fall back, fall back, on, to fall back on God. We may not see how, the, how the, uh, the individual decision fits in a big scheme of life, but make no decision. It's a piece of the puzzle that needs to be there. One of the coolest things I, uh, I, I'm encouraged by through, uh, through here is Louise. If you're here through the first service, you have a 13, 14-year-old teenager that, that every, every time his dad talks to us, he has to sit there and translate. He came up to me a couple weeks ago, and we did, uh, uh, when, when Aaron first went into the hospital, we did a night of prayer, and he was like, I have to sit up here, and I was like, yeah, and he's like, man, I just get so stinking nervous, and I said, Man, I look back at it and I'm like, I, I can remember. I got asked to speak at a men's Andrew Fellowship uh, down at our church in Missouri. It was a morning Bible study before the service where a bunch of men would come. And one of the things our church was well known for down there was um, it was a place for missionaries and pastors to retire. And there were four of us. There was me, John, Wes, and Chris. And, and uh, four teenagers that every Sunday morning would get up at like seven, six, seven in the morning. I, it just all bl- blur in at one at that point. And uh, we would go and we'd set up for the, for the fellowship. And then we'd sit there and we'd listen to these men talk. And there came a point where the guys that were leading the fellowship started asking us as teenagers to give devotionals. And they asked me, and I, I, I can very specifically remember, what do I have to say to these guys? <laughs> Some of these guys are 60, 70, 80, 90 years old. They've lived a lifetime of God. What is a 13, 14-year-old punk that, you know, likes to toilet paper houses and, you know, uh, set up fountains do have to say to these guys? And I put together a small message, and I can remember how ner- I-, I can sympathize and empathize with Louise because I can remember getting up there and read it, get, I got through the verse and out of sheer nervousness just started to bawl my eyes out. And I, I made it through, and they came up to me afterwards. They're like, it was so powerful. We saw your emotion through it. And I was like, oh, thank God, because the crying was the first step. That was the liquid coming down from my eyes. I also think I peed my pants. But, but, but it was genuine. There was something there, and I had talked about fighting a good fight and it was in the middle of Lance Armstrong's seven tour de France's, and I said, I, I thought about this whole time what to say to you guys, and it's simply this, your time isn't over. Predominantly in here uh, today, we have the upper echelon of the age group that, that sits in front of us. Remember this, at this point in your life, you still may not have any clue why God, why God still has you here. But know this, you're still here for a purpose. Even when you don't see, will you still believe? The pain and suffering, I, I can't imagine sometimes what it's like going through. Vicki's been here on, on, on some Sundays where oxygen tank has ran out, and I told her, I said, you better not hit the ground because I'm gonna be lay- in front of me because I'm gonna be laying down right next to you <laughs> just out of sheer panic. You may not know why God has given you that, why, why, why that's in your life. But no, it's for a reason. Will you still believe even when you don't see? And then lastly, I'll still believe when things are good and no one else is around. I'll throw a little caveat into this, when things are good or bad. Check this out, one of my favorite singing stories in the Bible, Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. One of the most infamous stories. If uh, everybody in this room taken a bath before, yeah? Sat in a jacuzzi? Uh, Jonathan Rowe, one of our, our, our tech guy in, uh, in the back, has a jacuzzi at his house. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I've been in it a couple times. Whenever I get into a pool, a bathtub, a jacuzzi, the first thing I always do, no, is not peeing it, Jonathan, uh, you're welcome. But I put my foot on there and I'm just like, can I? <laughs> and just, you know, doesn't hurt to see if you can walk. P- uh, Peter's story of, of walking on water has so many different facets to it, so many different ways to look at it. One of the coolest ways to look at it is this, I'll still believe when, thi- when things are good and no one else is around. Sometimes the, the, the 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 theme of Peter's story uh, life here is sometimes most of the time acting without thinking. That's probably 80 percent of the stories you read of Peter in the Bible. Is him just jumping to a conclusion. The chaos around us, the chaos around him and the dysfunction around him can easily be translated as the chaos and dysfunction around us sometimes. The waves are throwing the boat. The, the, you know, I, I envision fish kind of flying over the boat too. Um, the, the, 12 deci- the 12 disciples in fear and seeing a shadow ahead saying, Jesus, is that you? And him saying, yes, it's me. And Peter stepping out. And I can imagine everybody's like, oh, here goes Peter again. Dude, just shut up. Don't do it. Don't say it. Whatever you're about to say, stop. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard that in my own life. (laughs) Whatever you're about to say or do, just stop. But Peter then said this, if it's really you, Lord, let me walk out to you. The simple reply was, come on, bro. Let's see what you got. Without even a hesitation, he jumps out of the boat and he starts walking. Got his eyes fixed on Jesus. Man, this is part of God's plan. Man, I'm wide this is stinking amazing. But then he gets comfortable. But but then he takes it for granted. He takes that focus on God for granted. And he begins to look. And he begins to see how big the waves waves are crashing. Again, like the fish jumping over the boat. I like to think what distracted him was a fish jumping out of the water and just smacking him in the face. Whatever it is. Something took his focus off, and he began to say, well, I can look at the waves, I can see the lightning, I can see the clouds, but I can still do this on my own. What, <laughs> what happened? What happens in our life when, when all around us is chaos, when all around us is trouble, when all around us is drama, when all around us is dysfunction? And we're, man, I'm thriving for God right now. I'm living for God. My testimony's shining through, and I get comfortable. And I get to a place where I look around, and as, as a believer, I start to say, this is a pretty crappy situation. <laughs> this is nuts. And we start to say, I can do this on my own. I'm halfway there. I, I, I'm going to get there. No matter how I get there, I'll get there, regardless of whether I'm focused on him or not. How many times do we do that in our own churches? We get given a little bit of responsibility and, 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 and we, we start to lose focus of the fact that we need accountability, or, or that we're, we're, we may not be the, the decision maker, or we may not be the person who finalizes things. And we just say, ah, instead of talking it through, this is the idea I had, I'm just gonna do it. Well, Is your focus on God? Or have you begun to look around at the waves and a a storm and say, man, look at what I am doing. Look at how I am functioning. Well, what we simply believe, uh, what we simply read here about Peter, is it begins to fade. And what happens when he fades? So does his feet above the water. I can only imagine the amount of fear that... (laughs) That would happen that the that the waves that were staying away from you at first then begin to crash, then begin to overwhelm you. The cool part is he looked at God, he looked at Jesus in that moment and he said, Rescue me, save me. I can't do this on my own. And Jesus said, You of little faith. Why'd you stop focusing on me? Come here. And you know what gets lost in translation to me, and I, I realized through this study? He stinking walked on water again. <laughs> it says he pulled him up, and he walked back to the boat. So when we fail, when our flesh fails, not when I fail and blame it on Vicky, or when I blame it on Andy and his awesome beard. <laughs> when I take responsibility for my actions, my focus, my, my shortcomings, my lack of focus, my, my shortcomings, I can cry out to God and say, God, I've screwed up. And he says, dude, I've been right here all along. Just come on, let's go do the impossible more, some more. Man, I'll still believe when things are good and no one else is around. The number one question I want to ask when I get up to heaven is I want to say, what was that conversation like on the way back to the, the boat? Honestly, and why was it not recorded? Because I can only imagine whatever pep talk or whatever thrashing or whatever words were said, man, was stinking change, change uh, would, would, would have a huge impact. But that was for Peter to know. Because you know, you, you know what Peter did? Peter went on to add thousands and thousands and thousands after he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The promise that you have is that no matter what situation you are in, God will rescue you. Is that enough? Is that enough for you? Really dig down, whether you're alive, whether you're here, um, truly alive or alive. Ask yourself, Is the promises of Jesus Christ simply enough? Maybe you don't know what the promises of God are because you neglect the Word of God and you have no clue what His promises are. Well, guess where you need to start? Figuring out what the promises of God are. Take your faith seriously. Have it be more than just a t-shirt or a bumper sticker. Steve McCreary Chapman sings a song, What About the Change? And then this... As you dig in, you'll come across a question that says, why, God? Austin French sings a song that says, why, God, do people have to die? A daughter or a son, sudden or so young, long before their time. Why, God, do people fall apart? A promise in a ring uh, becomes a broken thing, a road that got too hard. I don't understand, but I understand. Why, God, I need you. It's why, God, I run to your arms over and over again. It's why, God, I cling to your love and hold on for dear life, and I find you are right by my side. Is that not just what we talked about? Why, God, do I feel so alone every single day fighting through the pain, hoping there is hope? I don't understand, but I understand why, God, I need you. Why, God, I run to your arms over and over again. It's why, God, I cling to your love and hold on for dear life, and I find you are right by my side. Give me a faith stronger than I have. I need to know when it hurts this bad that you hold the heart when it breaks, and I'm not alone in this place. That's why, God, I need you. Why, God, I run to your arms over and over again. It's why, God, I cling to your love and hold on for dear life, and I find you are right by my side. Why, God? After all I've said and all I've done, take this, if you take nothing else, take this one promise this morning. He is there. I'll still believe, because he is there. He is constant. He is unwavering. He is steadfast and unmovable. Therefore, he calls me as I walk down my path to be steadfast and unmovable, even when it comes to me, even when it comes to my actions. Let's pray. Dear God, Lord, I thank you so much for this time. God, in this moment, I pray so much that if there's somebody here watching us whether it's somebody here that's sitting, God, that just needs to know, that needs the comfort, that needs your peace, that you will look at them and say, why me? Because you are you, God, and we are not. God, I pray that as we go throughout this week, the two messages that we've heard or that are on our Facebook page, God, and our YouTube channel will uh, resonate, will spill out, will press down, God, I pray that you will be glorified through us. I pray that you will be uh, we will not marginalize your love, your grace, your forgiveness. We will speak boldly and we will come boldly before you for our for our needs. Love you so much. Bless us as we go through this week. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Before-